0: You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 296. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Got a great show for you this week. Lynn Spillman, the former casting director of Survivor and Amazing Race, among other shows, and now has a new project. She's the executive producer on a show on Amazon Prime that was released last Friday. All eight episodes online. They dumped the whole thing. Forever Summer Hamptons. Ugh. Totally hooked. If you like The Hills, you like Laguna Beach, it's impossible not to like this one. I grew up on those shows, so of course I'm going to watch this. We get into that. We get into her job as a casting director, what it entails, and the fact that she cast some of the biggest names in the history of reality TV. Richard Hash, Colby Donaldson, Boston Rob. I mean, you name it. That was her doing. She is a legend in the Survivor world, and we're going to talk to her momentarily. I do want to say that the Daily Roundup is up on your Reality Steve podcast feed. Check it out today. I talk about how I might be a little bit closer to knowing who one of the women chose this season. You'll be happy to know there's no Nick, Blake, Katie talk. None of that. Um, There is some TikTok talk because... A TikToker has taken to the airwaves to seemingly spill some tea on one of the men on the Bachelorette this season. I tell you where I am with that. And plus, there's just other stuff going on. I talked a little bit about Big Brother last night and the challenge and a little bit of SEC football for those that are interested more specifically I talk a little bit about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, the Georgia-Florida game that's played every year in Jacksonville. Kirby Smart had something to say about it yesterday that I didn't know, so we get to that, and I talk about that a little bit. I posted that about an hour ago. It should be in your feed, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, it should be in there. And like I said, for those that maybe only listen to the Thursday podcast and don't listen to the Daily Roundup, I... I suggest maybe you do. There's a lot of good info, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. You guys really seem to like it. I really appreciate that you like it. And basically what I've done is now I record that daily roundup the night before, and it it is set to be released at 7.45 a.m. Central Time on a scheduled release. I don't have to manually do it. Uh, I set it up the night before, and it's at 7.45 a.m. Now, that's when it gets released. It's usually in your feed. The last couple days, it's been in my feed 10 minutes later. A couple days earlier, it was in my feed 13 minutes later at 7.58. One time, it was at 8.01. So just know that it's set to be released 7.45 a.m. Central Time every day, but it'll be in your podcast feed, Eh, I would say no later than 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, 7 A.M. Mountain and six A.M. Pacific. If anything, maybe a minute or two after that. So I think it. I think it's all dependent on how many podcasts around the world are being uploaded at that time. I think that's really all it is. to Be honest with you. So there's that, and yeah, I'm having a blast with the daily roundup. I hope. Uh, I I know the response has been great so far, and I've I've kept them all. I think the longest one I did was 22 minutes. I'm keeping them right around the 20 minute mark, keeping my eye on the clock. I haven't done one that was 15 minutes yet. I thought I'd have some that were between 15 and 20, but they've all been right at the 20, 21 minute mark. I always start with something bachelor nation related. Cause I know that's what you guys are here for first. And then I start talking about a little bit of reality TV, throw in any pop culture stories that I want to. And sports will always be the last topic that uh, I get to. If I even get to a sports story. Because in 20 minutes, sometimes I've got loads of Bachelor stuff and loads of pop culture stuff, and I don't get to the sports. But today, there is some good content, I believe. Like I said, there's nothing about Nick or Katie or Blake. That, that's that been quiet for a day. Um, I do talk a little bit about getting closer, maybe, to one of the women's final choices this season and how that relates to how I handled spoilers in the past. The TikTok situation, there's a woman that took to TikTok who's made a reference to one of the guys, maybe holding something back. I update you on that. Talk a little about about Big Brother Challenge and then um, UGA, UF. That would be Georgia, Florida for those who don't do well with initials. Not a whole ton more to get to, really, before we get started with Lynn and... Like I said, the daily roundup is there every day outside of a any trips that I have. And maybe I don't do a Friday show or Monday show because I get back on Monday. It's going to be there every day, Monday through Friday. Just a 20 minute update of telling you what's going on in Bachelor World and reality TV, pop culture and, and any sports takes that I do have. So before we get started with today's podcast, I want to talk to you about Organifi. If you're like me, you know the importance of eating healthy, which I have been for the last month or so, but you don't always have the time sometimes or the willpower to cook with all the colors of the rainbow. Organifi's superfood blends make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and nutrition to your day. Delicious organic powders you can just add to water, stir with a spoon, shake it in your shaker, Enjoy any time for more energy, nutrition, hormone balance, and peace of mind. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening. I've had them at all different times during the day. I've usually used them as a pick-me-up before I go to the gym. You can have them after the gym. Like I said, you can have them in the morning. Um, I really like them. I really like the what they give me. They give me energy that I'm kind of lacking sometimes in the mid-afternoon because there are some morning gym people there are some night gym people. I'm neither. I'm a mid-afternoon guy. I go after the lunch crowd. I'm usually gym at one thirty, two 2 o'clock. I know, but I work from home, so I don't have to worry about, and I just don't, <laughs> be honest with you, I just don't like being in crowded gyms, so I try and go with, you know, obviously there's people at the gym when I go. There's never going to be an empty gym, but yeah, that's my workout time, so Go to Organifi.com slash Reality Steve. Use code Reality Steve for 20% off your next order. That's Organifi.com slash Reality Steve and use code Reality Steve for 20% off your next order. So without any further ado, let's get going. Podcast number 296. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, You know her as the casting director, a former casting director on Survivor. And also, she cast The Amazing Race along with numerous other shows. Now, she's executive producing, for the first time, a show just released over the weekend on Amazon Prime called Forever Summer Hamptons. It is Lynn Spilman. Lynn, how are you?
0: Good. How are you? Thank you.
1: I am doing great. But I do want to say right off the bat, (laughs) I'm not happy with you, and here's why. (laughs) You've now got me hooked on a new show that I had no idea about. (laughs) <laughs> Until this past weekend. I really I, I I'm only one episode in, and that's the worst part. But your show um of <laughs> what was I just what was I just saying? What was what, I, what, is it it? <laughs> Forever Summer Hamptons, which was just came out on Amazon Prime uh, last Friday. I'm only one episode in and now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get right through this the second I have plenty of time to actually get right through this. And it's really addicting. We're gonna to get to it uh, in a minute, but I just want to tell you right off the bat, like,
0: thank you. I'm
1: not. I I, I like the show. I love the show, but I'm not happy with you that you <laughs> you've gotten me addicted to a show that I had no idea about um, until last week. But that's what we want to talk about. However, Great. I want to, I want to first back up with you and your career because you are responsible for some of the, you know, the biggest names that we know in reality TV history: the Boston Robs, the Richard Hatches of the world. Uh, the Rupert's of the world. I mean, you could just go down the list for Survivor. I
0: could. I could go down the (laughs) list. It's you. (laughs) You
1: You are the person that discovered these people. So I just want to say, as a casting director for probably one of the shows that really kicked off what we know today as reality TV, were there reality shows before Survivor? Yes. But when that first finale drew 50 million people, which is just unheard of in television nowadays, That was the one that really put reality TV on the map, and you were responsible for casting that show. So let's go back to season one.
0: Thank you. It's a show that nobody. My favorite, yeah. It's a show that nobody
1: knew anything about. Like we had no idea what it was. It was 2002 or whatever, and it's just like, oh, they're gonna do a reality show with people on an island. Like, what the hell is this? And then, as I said, and it
0: was gonna air. How about and it was gonna air at night? It was the first like prime time show like
1: that. And. Now you know, knowing after the fact, like I just said, fifty million people tuning in for that finale, which was just must see television. Um, gosh, that must have been a whirlwind for you. Like considering what you had done before that, and then to get that and that show to blow up like it did. Tell us what that was all about.
0: Well, it was it was amazing. I had never, I cast, you know, I had just broken into this business. It was this niche that wasn't nobody was doing it really. Like it was game shows and dating shows. But it, it, was my, it was kind of the second career after three years in New York. So I wasn't expecting much. And, you know, I actually, what's unheard of is my first show, I think, went five seasons. Like I, I did singled out for MTV, which was a monster of a casting job because you had to find 50 girls and 50 guys <laughs> to show up in the middle of nowhere, you know, Los Angeles to film, you know, three shows a day uh, or six shows a day, three in the morning and three at night. Um, so, I was pretty you know, I was pretty pleased with that track record but then this was just yeah crazy crazy crazy.
1: When you sat um, down casting this you just I'll just go over Richard yeah. Hatch real quick. Yeah. Did you think that Richard Hatch was going to be the TV gold that he was or did you just think oh, he'll be good but did you ever think he was going to be what he ended up being?
0: Well, did I think he was going to walk around naked and you know <laughs> on his birthday never. <laughs> no i think when we were casting season one we didn't you know there's only five of us we didn't really even know that much about the show they're going to be doing some kind of challenges i kept asking do they need to know how to swim like I kept asking questions but i didn't really understand like they were going to be like challenges like they are i thought they meant like challenges like this will be challenging i didn't realize it was going to be like these big sets of like you know the maze and all that like i had no idea i cried when i watched the first episode but we i do remember as these tapes came in for season one like thinking this is going to be great. We got to put him with Rudy. Like I remember thinking the combination of these people is going to make great TV Did I think they would be breakout stars like that and get all this attention never in a million years but i do remember us sitting there putting like the casting cards down like oh my god this is going to be hilarious or this is going to be great are these two are going to fall in love like i do remember that feeling of it's the like, combinations of these amazing people that were going to really make the show and I, again i didn't even know what the thing was going to look like so that was just from the casting perspective of it all
1: what is your background in terms of college and stuff or when you to get into something like casting what made you want to get into this well
0: i've always been like i love people and i love their stories and i probably should have been a therapist hmm. instead i went into sales which kind of the same thing um <laughs> but i was in sales i worked in that fa- i've studied fashion in college i was i plan to be a buyer for a big department store. I did a training program, didn't love it. It was very mad it was like all number crunching. And I was like, I need to be with the people. And so I picked the other side and switched over to menswear and sold clothing, sold met sold, sold Hugo Boss to stores, to the buyers that I was training to be. Um and I was in sales for years and I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the product. I loved travel. I loved meeting all the people. I had a weird territory which was the um southwest which is like if you looked at it it like arkansas kansas city i mean it was like it was just really crazy like places you wouldn't typically go to just you know on vacation so it was kind of fun um so that was my background sales and then i came to la and it's you know i answered someone's phone for a day and they were doing a tv show and it's like you know it's just crazy just to be exposed to like as a pa answering phones you get exposed to every job on the that's there and someone said to me okay you need to stop talking to everyone that walks in the door and go over and talk to the casting people because that's what you should be doing I said, okay
1: interesting <laughs> that's a that's yeah. <laughs> an interesting way for it to for it to start it's weird.
0: yeah it's weird it just shows like I, I didn't even want that job that day i had i had a job lined up in fashion and my friend kept saying just come answer my phones. it's mtv it'll be fun you don't have anything else to do today and i said i have a job and I said, no, just do it it's fun and You know, it's a totally different world in LA also than New York. Like New York working in New York and working here, like in your twenties, it's
1: completely different. So Um, when you when you're casting for Survivor, and especially mm -hmm. in those early seasons, obviously the first season, like you said, you're casting not even knowing exactly what the show entailed. Obviously, as you get into later seasons and then you get into fan favorite seasons and all star Mm -hmm. seasons, you're casting people, hopefully, that you want to that, you know, watch the show and are familiar with it and end up being, you know, quote unquote, super fans. In the beginning you couldn't really cast super fans because right. there wasn't enough seasons. Yeah. Did it get easier yeah. after that?
0: No, I think it's harder because, I mean, and that's the struggle I have now. I mean, I think super fans are great, but a lot of them come in with an agenda of like, I don't want the websites to be mad at me. I don't want to play it like this. And like, they're thinking so much about what the other fans are going to say or they care about I don't know maybe production too much. I like the pure I, I like the balance of the two the super fan versus the recruit. I like the balance of that wild card that throws the super fan off because they're crazy in their antics and their antics may, like like um fill up you know like mm-hmm. you know they, they I like the season where you just don't know how it's going to go because you have these wild cards that don't know how to play the game, but they're smart enough to figure out how to stay in basically.
1: I've had a few casting people on in the past, and I'm I'm going to put you on the spot here, but okay. if you don't want to answer, I, I totally understand. Is there anybody that you sat with during casting that didn't blow your socks off and then ended up being a star and then also vice versa, where you went in and said, this person's going to be huge, and they ended up kind of being, I don't know, an afterthought, not a major player?
0: Wait, hang on one sec, Eric. If somebody at the door, I have COVID. I oh, want you to um, tell him that we have COVID. And it's well, someone's kid, I think. So, so thank. You. Oh, it's it's a shift kid. Hi, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I heard what you said. Wait. So the question was: is the question anyone was
1: that- anyone you sat with during casting that you said that you sit that never that didn't blow your socks off during casting, but then ended up being huge, and then vice versa. Somebody that you were like, oh my god, this is a this is an A plus. They're going to kill it. They're going to be a new star. And they ended up being kind of an afterthought or maybe got eliminated early or something along those lines.
0: Isn't it awful that I just can't, I just don't remember? <laughs> like, isn't it bad? Like, I just. Well, yeah, because you've I you mean, probably interviewed mean, a I, ton. I, feel, like, I, I keep sense. bringing up Philip. Like, I thought Philip was going to be a super. Like, I just thought he was going to be, like. So I don't, it, you basically asked me, is there anyone that surprised me?
1: Philip Shepard?
0: Yeah, like I'm saying, Philip Shepard was like a surprise. I just thought possibly he'd be out very early. Like, I actually said to him, I think you're going to be first off or last man standing, is what I said. Okay. Um, Who surprised me? I I don't, I'm trying to think. I mean, you are putting him on the spot, and I can't think of anybody. I mean, there's people I wish played better or that we got to see play, but they got voted out really early. I can't even think of who those are. I can't, I don't know. I can't think. It's just so long ago, it feels like.
1: Yeah. And I um, get it. I mean, you've, you've probably, I mean, you've sat and cast so many people. Like, I get it. It's probably hard yeah, to I can't think of one. I it. mean,
0: I was psyched. Um, you know, Yule, I was psyched. I remember meeting Yule in a coffee shop. We were talking. And I was like, he, like but, but again, he wasn't like riveting TV. But I knew he was going to play a very good game. I knew mm. he would find a person to connect with. I knew he was going to play a smart game like is he the most riveting character ever no but he played a smart game which would then put other people like you know other people gonna have to step up their game
1: when when you are casting and you're sitting across from these people or when you're just when you're just talking to people I think I read an interview about you where it was one of these things where people have said about you that you're kind of always in casting mode like you just You don't pass anybody Uh, on the street where you're just like, hey, would you be interested? No, I always,
0: no. You know, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for years, that's how it was. You don't want to be on an airplane anywhere with me. I can't, my family, like, go, go do your thing. Yeah, no, I, I was just, honestly, I'm not even actively casting something right the second kind of i kind of wrapped on something and there was a guy just now, chick-fil-a in westwood and i was like oh he might be good for my show i better just recruit him because <laughs> you just never know <laughs> but i haven't yeah i mean that's how many many years of cat survivor was I, I mean that's what's different about my job now that i love we'll get into that but um i love recruiting i mean it forces me i, mean, I met my husband recruiting i mean there's a lot of casting directors that will tell you they met their spouses recruiting mm. other partners recruiting um, yeah, I mean airports. I mean, gi- give me jury duty any day. I love jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> jury duty is like Survivor. Who's going to step up and take? You know, who's going to take the lead? Who's going to argue? Who's going to just let be passive? Who's going? I mean, I love jury duty.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I never even thought about that, but that yeah, that would be an, was, a great place bad. to find somebody and yeah. there, what yeah. makes them tick.
0: Especially if you're casting a show that's strategy, just strategic, you know, also I think it's fascinating the people that try to get out of it and what they come up with. I'm like running after them, like, wait, 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 before you go.
1: <laughs> so we, we, we talk about the early advent of reality TV, which I believe was, you know, 2002, 2003, maybe even as back as far as 2001, but... You know, when it, I'm talking about when it first started out, before that, it was just literally like Cops was considered a reality TV show, yeah. and real world was yeah. out there, but that was really yeah. it, and that was on cable yeah. stuff, you know. Right. Um, yeah. so Survivor comes along, and it's this giant phenomenon, and it's making the headlines on all the entertainment sites, it's all over the magazines, it's like this great show. And then, you know, you get to a point, especially nowadays, when you know, my coverage is mostly Bachelor and Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise and stuff like that to where it's completely changed because back in the day, casting was, hey, send in a videotape of yourself. I know Survivor did it all the time. Now, I would say that most people that get cast on popular reality shows is either word of mouth, someone you know from a previous cast, or you were approached by producers rather than, I'm going to send in a video and end up on this show. It just doesn't happen right. that way anymore, does it?
0: No, I mean, and also think about how hard it was in those years to make a video and tape yourself, and then transfer it onto VHS, VHS and go to yeah. the Mailbox and fill out a label and handwrite your application. So much more work was go- you had to go into being on the show, which I actually liked because you didn't get people that were going to fall out, like or bail, or like you know go through with all of that to just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to file this background checker or whatever, but it was, it was really different. You had to do a lot more and it scares me now because I'm casting shows and it's very quick because a lot of it, you find the people online and I'm always questioning. I just, I become, you can ask anyone that's ever been on my shows. I become very, maybe not the talent-based shows. Like it's harder with making the cut because it's an international cast, but the ones from here, I mean, I talk to all the time, but like anyone that's played survivor for the most part, it's, you know maybe not at the very end, like I know everything about them. And if they don't even know that I know everything about them, I know everything. I know their parents, I know their jobs. I know their siblings, where they went to college. Like I I made it a point to really understand them, their lives and be close. And I didn't want people to drop out at the end. I cared a lot. I, I, people didn't, I thought maybe someone didn't like an episode, how they were edited or how they came off, even though that's probably what they, you know, how they came off. I used to call them and check in with them. I mean, I don't, I, that it's just really different now now it moves so quickly and yes, the re, you know the playing and the replaying of players um you know it it's just really different or my job is really different and you know that's kind of the replaying of the players it's like it's not the same game anymore any of them are because you they already know each other there's a pre-existing friendship there's a pre-existing deal that's made sometimes. like i mean not you know not where it's like not allowed but they're just their friends <laughs> yeah so it's it's different and the audience doesn't know that so the audience isn't really in on the backstory of a lot of it and and that's kind of what i stopped liking about doing i, I i've never been quiet about replaying you know contestants coming back unless they're all coming back or half are coming back i don't like it because i don't i don't think it I just think that it's either all or none. Actually, I don't like half coming back either. Except I did love heroes. Yeah, no. Did we do heroes and villains? Yeah, no. That was all returning players. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't love it because I just feel like we've seen them play. Okay, now they're now their basic their friendships and stuff that have happened in the last ten years come into play, and that's just it's it's just different. I did like the purity of these strangers. I thought the best part of Survivor and even Amazing Race is these strangers that would never meet and. Forever, not, Forever Summer Hamptons, they're not strangers that wouldn't have met they're all like friends through other friends but just this you know this friendship that builds between some of the guys you just can't picture you would never picture them all friends but if it weren't for them having this job at Dockers they wouldn't be friends and they're, they're so cute and they all teach each other different things about you know life and ham- living in the Hamptons and that's what I love about the show is that innocence that you know these people didn't know each other and now they're like besties
1: I, I had a, a one final thing that I wanted to hit on with uh-huh. Survivor, and I right. and I, and I want you, yeah. no, it's all right. I want you to be honest. Mm-hmm. After the first season aired of Survivor, like I said, became this giant phenomenon, and I remember mm-hmm. local news, because I was living in Los Angeles oh. at the time, local oh, news crazy. would run stories about all the people that were sending in tapes to apply, and it was oh, like
0: crazy. 15 yeah. or
1: 20,000. Did you guys 70. really go through 20?
0: 70,000. Se- Survivor Okay. 70? Like thousand tapes. Truck after truck of FedEx on the due date would open the back door and it would fly out. It took us longer to open all the packages than to watch them. Okay. There's honestly. no way
1: you guys watch seventy thousand tapes. So
0: many, we did. You watch everything. You and, and in a, wow. my rule was we watch everything and we gotta watch it twice, meaning someone else has to watch it. Yeah. Okay. I mean
1: it's <laughs> So seventy thousand tapes for season two and it's like
0: well, actually, okay, that's, I, that's applicants because some – I would say we had hundreds that went to open calls. Mm. So you would get one VHS tape that didn't even have – like someone would be on for a minute, someone three minutes, but they you could see 2,000 sometimes of those on like four or five different – you know, they would send in all the tapes.
1: God, that's amazing. So that's their, amazing to yeah. me. And, and then, you know, yeah. you, you look at that cast and, you know, it gives us gems like Tina and Colby yeah. and Jerry. And awesome. it's just like – It's amazing that you just plucked those people out of seventy thousand people that were interested in being on your show, and those people became household names. This
0: before too, like out of every hundred, you're interested in one. It's not like (laughs) like that's mean, but I'm just saying it's and and but it's just that they they have to have this, and it's really hard to explain. But there is this it factor where it's a they pop. Or if they don't pop your I read applications, like to me, the application is just as important as what's on the screen there. But if I read an application and I realize, especially later years of survivor, if I read an application, I'd be like, wait, they did their tape wrong. Like, why aren't they talking about this? And then I would call them and say, Okay, tape is okay, but this is so interesting about you. Why did you not let's talk about it and how it relates to survivor? And they'd be like, I don't get it, how? And you know, we talk about it, and they'd say, I never thought of that. It's all right, let me sleep on it and make my new tape. And then you get you know then you get it because it's really what they're more comfortable talking about that's them like so a lot of times it's the application to me that is the game changer for people where it's like wait a minute they should have talked about this I,
1: I think I think a lot of people especially nowadays when it comes to applying for reality TV because obviously now you get on the right show you last long enough it can become a lucrative business for yeah. you it becomes oh, it's your brand
0: totally different yeah it's different oh, it's so than when different. you first
1: started. And
0: when I first started, my team knows I didn't, if people were in school plays, I said, like, we don't want actors. They're out. I mean, that's what's so funny. They tell me that I recruit actors. I mean, it's hilarious. But I was, if they were in a school play, I was like, oh, they just want to be an actor. I didn't want anyone that had anything to do with wanting something other than winning Survivor. That was it. That was my rule. And then the whole world changed. And now it's like, okay, well, they want followers, but will they make the TV? You know, like it's, it's so different. It's so different.
1: Is it a talent to be able to see through people who come in knowing that you want to be on, want more followers and want a brand to be built versus what they're actually going on the show for?
0: Yeah, but it depends on the show. If I was working on Survivor, I would surely be worried about it because if you're only, because a lot of them, they're playing for one episode. You just got to get your name on the cast list, be in the show open, and call it a day. Like, I would be really nervous. Casting survivor, you want people that want to win more than anything, you know, with making the cut, the fashion show I do, I do that for Amazon, uh, for Prime Video. And, you know, they they all have a talent, they all have a skill, none of them are doing, you know, they all, you know, I have to sometimes say, look, even if you get on one episode, it will be great for you. Like, you know, you flip it, because for that show, you do want the most talented people. And you're asking them to leave their lives, and it's just different because they have a business or they have a job that they've waited to get forever with some designer. And you're like, no, no, but your stuff is great. You know, give this a shot. So it's, you know, again, it's kind of sales, but it's, you know, it, it's just, it's every show is really different. And I think you want, for the competition series, you really do want people that are going to be competitive. I and mean, what's the point if everyone only cares about getting to the halfway point?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, it's, I got to imagine casting. Casting in 2001 versus casting in 2020, or even in 2015, like once the internet blew up and once Instagram and and Twitter became a thing. Well, by
0: the way, I mean, a lot of... Yeah, it it is nine day, but I can, like right now I'm looking for woodwork. I'm working for axe makers and woodworkers <laughs> for a show that I'm doing. And um, thank God, you know, hashtag woodworker, and you know, my whole world opened for the in the all morning. I've been just DMing people, which is like a whole new language, a whole new different way of doing things. I mean, but and I'm grateful, like as a working mom, you know, all those years, like I could work from the baseball field. Like it, it was really lucky that it all had changed in a way that I could keep working, but in the casting sense of like what you're getting on the screen. Yeah. I think you have to just, I'm always like, well, what are they doing this for? (laughs) What do they
1: want? (laughs) I always, I always thought this was interesting because I just assumed, and maybe it was just my naivete when it came to it. I just assumed that casting a show, you got to go to it and watch it. And when I had the guys on from who cast Joe Millionaire, this latest version of Joe Millionaire that aired in 2022, it's just like, yeah, we cast and then send them off and we don't really have anything to do with the show. Did you ever get to go on well, site to Survivor or oh no? Wait, oh,
0: I always do. Well, that's a difference too. I mean, I, I'm working now very different than I used to, but um, I would never, yeah, I went on site all the time. I, brought, oh, I okay. went to eight locations. I loved it. But, they, but again, not, they're doing their thing. I don't need to be there. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it. It is good to have eyeballs on it. and it's also awkward because they see you and they want to hug me. And I know I'm like kind of a stress to, to production of it too, because it's like, Lynn, it's like, Ooh, stop, stop, stay in the moment, stay in the moment. You know, with survivor, you just don't want them to come. You know, I want them to stay in that moment. Yeah. But I, I've heard back from some people that like I, you know, they'll say seeing you push me those last three days. Lynn. honestly, if you weren't there, I was ready to quit. I was never going to quit for you. I wasn't going to let, I, I knew you were worried about me quitting. I, when I saw you standing there, I knew I couldn't quit. So, that's for me like oh my god like that is the best okay um and I love seeing how it works out like I hear about it you know Survivor's different and that's why like Joe 1000000 and I've, I've been working with people who they just hand the contestants over and good for them because now I know what their job has been for the last 20 years while I've been doing Survivor <laughs> but I was definitely much more hands on like okay let's call the doctors let's talk you we know, have family Like don't want to even say who but there's an amazing race person that is like notorious but he called me like furious, like, I don't even know how to make pasta. When is my wife coming home? I'm like, okay, relax. I talk you through the pasta. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Okay. So I was like, they had an emergency contact at production for both shows, Survivor Race. But you know, I don't want them to bother production. Where? How do I make pasta? Where's my wife? Why can't I have the date? Yeah. You know?
1: God, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's just it's just it's. I guess <laughs> yeah. it's different for every show. Every show's is not going to be the same, yeah. and you're going to well, be different. No,
0: I think it's Yeah, I think it. I mean, I think, but also, I had to deal with. CBS. So it's just, you know, my role was different than the people that you're talking about who does Joe millionaire. Gotcha. they're casting, they move on to the next show. Mine, because I had worked basically for CBS, mine was stick with us. We'll, you know, we'll stick with you and let's get through
1: this. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I just think it's, it really is fascinating to me. I I, I can't tell you how much uh, I, I guess it, Survivor as in people that have listened to me for long enough know that I've always said, that Survivor is is my favorite all-time reality show. It always will be because I love uh, the social experiment that it is. I, I love the idea of a cast being put together and voting people out that eventually have a yeah. say in whether you win. I think that's just yes. fascinating.
0: I do too. Me too. I, it's like dating and breaking up with somebody and saying, okay, now set me up with your best friend. Like, yeah. Who
1: can do that? And, <laughs> and and I've nev- and, you know, sometimes, and, and the other thing I've liked about Survivor is how it's evolved over the years in terms of jury voting for, is it most deserving or who do you like yes. better? And then there's that yeah. aspect. And then there's the bitter yes, juries, sure. you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's great. I absolutely sure. love it. So, but I do want to move on now to what you're doing now, which is okay. what I'm upset at you about because you've got me hooked on a new <laughs> show. Uh, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. It was released last Friday. The whole season dumped 10 episodes. It's yep. called.
0: Eight. eight. Only eight. So you only you oh, got eight, two eight. hours back. Yeah.
1: Oh, only have eight. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Eight. Okay. So I pulled it up. Eight. Um, It's called Forever Summer Hamptons. And I want you to just like like when you described it to me, you said it's like Laguna Beach meets. Uh, Oz- the Ozarks, or not the no, Ozarks. Like no. Outer Banks. I, I, Outer what, Banks. What am I talking about? The Ozarks. That's the Jason Bateman show. Yeah, Outer Banks. Yeah. And so I, have watched the first episode. Like I said, I'm one episode in, and now I'm already hooked because I really want to see how bad the uh the the hunter uh the hunter <laughs> fight with uh Ilan is inevitably going to be. Um, I already know that's coming, <laughs> but I, I'm really interested in. You know, maybe I shouldn't be. I'm a 47 year old man. Why do I give a fuck about people in I the know. Hamptons that are uh, my friend, early my, my 20s?
0: Friend, my closest friend in the world watched Survivor for the first time during COVID. Can you believe that? What first season <laughs> ever? And this show, I said, okay, it's going to take you a second. They're like kind of intellectual. They said, it's going to take you a second, but just give it, give it five minutes, and then you can turn it off if you don't like it. They called me two days later, and they were done. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing that this show is, you know, this show is what took off in your house and um, Survivor all those years didn't until, you know, 2020.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, I think there's two, uh, there's two reasons why I like this show. Um, Number one, I was a fan of, I watched Laguna Beach. I watched the Hills and Uh it's, you know, it's, you know, the idea of college aged kids just hanging around and talking about stuff and what's going on in their life has always interested me. And number two, I have a niece who leaves for college in a month, and so this okay. this resonates yeah. with me in that not this she's not going to the Hamptons or whatever, but right, no, just right. the idea of now I have an idea of what because I don't I don't hang around nineteen to twenty three year old kids like I don't know what they talk about and how they talk and how they interact yeah. with each other, but I watch this and I just in one episode I'm like, oh okay, not saying that they are that yeah. that this cast is
0: yeah, but I think. No, what I loved was like that. What happens between Emily and Avery, where one went away to Tulane to college, and the other decided not to go to college, and they were best best friends since like kindergarten. Yeah, and the one comes back from Tulane and it's like, oh, well, I went away to like she just thinks she outgrew her high school her home friends, which everybody goes through that. Either you think you outgrew your high school friends, not because they didn't go to college, but just you think your college experience was better. But that transition from college back home is always awkward. And the friendships, like, you know, are they still gonna be friends? Did one outgrow the other? They judge each other, one for staying and one for thinking she's great because she went away. And that's real. I have kids that are, you know, my kids just graduated college. And, you know, every stage of this summer of this show, like I went, I lived through with my kids. So oh. it's for real, and you know, and you also have Hobbs. So you'll keep. You'll see. He just like your niece is about to leave for college. He's scared. He's he's free. He freaks out. Avery tries to. Someone tries to calm down. Like it's like summer camp. Don't worry. He's like I hated summer camp. I came home after four days. I was homesick. So. It's very funny, but. You know, so you have this age of kids that are all in a transitional period of their life and it's so relatable, you know, plus you're throwing in, you know, the financial strains for some of them, you're throwing in like the ones that are graduating like mom, like he's like, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, what kind of girl am I looking for? And what am I looking for a girl for?
1: So how did this, Um, how did this come about for you? Why, why Hamptons? What made you go this route with your first job as an executive producer?
0: Well, I got really lucky. I was, um, you know, because of COVID and just, I have relationships with different, you know, producers and networks, whatever I was talking to someone at Amazon and they like, give us show ideas. We are just laughing. Just give us something, give us ideas. Which is really lucky. Who says that? And I said, what are you looking for? This is anything for young adults. And I said, game my brain, I'm going like, to have young adults at home. Let me just see how that goes when we discuss it at the dinner table tonight. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I, I always, I've always, you know, there's a show on YouTube that I don't know if you're familiar with, called um, Summer Break, I think it is. And it was like, very, it was shot in Santa Monica. My kids knew all the kids on it. And I always thought like, this could be so much bigger and shot better. Like, I just, it was kind of always on my radar as why aren't, aren't we aren't doing this? But um, I just pitched my, you know, my daughter had got stuck because of COVID in West Hampton that summer, the summer before that. And she was explaining to me how the Hampton, at Hampton, and her summer was so different than when she's been to the Hamptons before, because she was hanging out with lifeguards. So, you know, they're from there. They went to high school there, and the lifeguards, and they're so funny, and these people. And she gave me a couple names of people that had, she's like, you have to put them on something. They're so funny. You know, you've got to put, and I wrote the names down, and then, when amazon was asking for ideas i just said you know how about following the lifeguards and the hampsons over the summer um you know like well, what would that look like and i said let me see and i said let, you know and they, they they gave me some development money and said hire a producer and do a sizzle reel and i kept thinking well a sizzle reel i can do that but like i can make anything look good i'm going to just use money and cast it like because that's what i'm about that's what i'm good at that's what i know and yeah. let's put the people together so i made a pretty decent casting reel of people that really would you know wanted to be on the show would be on the show Emily was on it Hunter was on it Reed was on it and I wrote it with a note saying look you know this is what I do best if you fall if you fall in love with these people like I did, you'll buy the show and a week later they're like okay let's let's keep going let's do this this is what we need and so you know I went through the process I you know I, I I've never done it so I hired producers to help and then we hired this production company, but I, you know, I'm familiar. I'm from the East Coast. I'm familiar with the Hamptons. I love that age group. I understand, and I just thought, you know, there isn't there isn't anything like it. Even though there is Summer House, and there is the Siesta Keys, this just felt young, and it, it is young, and it was risky. I thought it was risky, but it's, you know, it, that's what made it fun.
1: Well, I think one of the things, especially for me, just only one episode in, the thing that impressed me, and I think maybe this has to do with. The social media world we live in now, and these people have the ability to actually, you know, put out TikToks and Instagram stories where mm-hmm. they're, you know, no, they're not acting, but they're they can be in front of a camera and it's out there and there and a lot of people see it. Is that I was pretty impressed with this cast with being how young they were, and I really, I, when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, they 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 do seem comfortable in front of the camera. At least to me, really? they did. I-
0: Oh, not to me. I think they're very nervous. I think they're worried about how they're going to come off. I mean, I think Elan, because probably he is the one city kid, um, you know, and then Reed is a little older, you know, so I think that's why those two might feel really comfortable. But, you know, Emily's like a TikTok, TikTok queen, and I think she's super uncomfortable and super in some ways, you know, enduringly awkward. Um, and I like that. I mean, I wonder if we get season two, what that's going to look like, you know, as we're all hoping for, I think you're going to see a change, but you know, Avery, you're right. Avery's pretty comfortable, Yeah. but Hobbs and Julia, I don't know. I thought, I thought it, it just felt different to me. I, and I think it is because of the age, but I thought they, you know, I always am grateful when casts will share their life. Like when they let you in, like Juliet is dating a white guy and, she has a brother and she's the oldest, you know, she's the, the oldest in the family. So there's rules that pertain to her. I mean, you'll, if you will, I don't want to give too much away, but I love when a cast that you in. I mean, I'm, I hate to bring up another show, but Lizzo, I cast Liz, you know, what, uh, Watch Out for the Big Girls. And that was one of the most emotional shows I've ever cast in my life. I cried every day mm. interviewing the, the girls. every Every day, Those stories one after another, even though they're slightly similar, this shocked me and it touched me. And just, it was amazing when people just open up and you're just connecting that way and, you know, through Zoom. Um, But this show had, you know, those, that's what I'm grateful for with these casts and my job is when people really open up and then they open up to the world. I mean, that is something, you know, that's really... I haven't. The
1: I haven't seen Lizzo's show, but I just saw I got an eminent, nominated for six Emmys. So obviously, it did very, very well. Or not? Um, yeah, six Emmys. Um, yeah, did very, very you well.
0: Speaking, you are speaking to an Emmy-nominated costume director. Hello. Congratulations! <laughs> I got nominated. <laughs> I did.
1: Congratulations! I'm
0: really excited. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. That so is that. Yeah.
1: That and is awesome. Like
0: I said, I feel like that that show was a gift to work on. That was that was
1: the best now i'm i'm someone who's completely i know who lizzo is and know her songs (laughs) but i'm completely Um, unfamiliar with the show what is the show
0: um lizzo for real needed more backup dancers for real this is not this is how it came about is she really needed backup dancers and she was calling all the agencies and she was calling places and trying to make it happen and Amazon was, they were talking down, she's doing a show or something with Amazon, maybe it was a concert, I'm not sure. But they're like, well, that's really, yeah, that's how that show came about. They're like, well, we'll help you. Let's do a show doing that. So that's what we really did. We were finding backup dancers for Lizzo. So we have girls, you know, people send tapes in. that wasn't that was probably since Survivor. I've never gotten so many tape applications, you know, people applying online, it wasn't tapes, but they videotaped themselves and applied um, for that show.
1: Was it um, was it a competition show where people were it eliminated? It is a
0: competition, but like people, the, the prize can go to more than one person because she needed a lot of acquisitions. Oh. but people were eliminated based on I don't want to give anything well, but that they couldn't keep up or the stamina, or maybe they didn't fit in because they, or maybe they didn't need the show because they were too good, you know. So mm. you have to watch it, but it's it's a t- you know I've been doing a lot of talent based casting, which is really fun, um, and it you know a lot of these things are like totally different worlds but um yeah watch it it's a good show it's a great show and if you like the music you'll love the show
1: on something like forever summer hamptons how long does it take before you hear about a possible renewal can you know do you know soon or
0: well it's weird with streamers this is all new this is new territory i don't know i mean they Mm. they really it takes a it takes almost a year from the time you're filming to it coming out so like you know this was filmed last summer right yeah, it was last summer, and um, you know it has to get translated and you know to all the different languages because it's released everywhere, and um you know they wanted to release it with their two other shows, um, the one that got away, and I can't I should know the other name, but um you know they, they I, I think that's just. It's just hard. I think they don't want to say yes and spend money on something like this until they see numbers, um, until they see how it does. So I'm hoping, my fingers are crossed, that they call tomorrow and say get out to the Hampton. That's what I'm hoping.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. If, if you want, <laughs> if you need a season two, don't you need to film it this summer? Yeah,
0: I would think so. But, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes, you would. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I hate to miss a summer of what's going on with these kids because I've talked to them and I know what's going on with them. Um, but, yeah, I'm really hoping they
1: call tomorrow and say go. <laughs> okay, so without giving anything away for what happens the rest of Season 1, knowing what you know now, a, a year later having been in touch with all the kids, is there any – if there was a Season 2 and you had to go film it now, would we be talking about some some major changes in people, either in terms of relationships or personalities or – or whatever the case may be.
0: Well, I think you have to remember we filmed this during COVID. And that's, you know, when you usually do a docu soap like Southern Charm or any of the other shows, you have the advantage of everybody being out at a party and someone like maybe hooking up with someone that we don't know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now they're dating. Let's, t- you know, let's check. We went around the cast. You know, it-, it happened naturally. With this, we were a closed set. So, Again, I don't want to give anything away. A lot of it is like, okay, we can only have 20 people in this restaurant. Everyone else needs to leave. Like, you can't shoot. Mm. There were just so many rules that I can't. That's why I'm really excited, hopefully, for another season or another location. You know, Forever Summer. I don't know, Maui. I don't know, Malibu. But um, I think it was really hard to do what you would normally do with a cast like this. Um, because we couldn't have people just showing up on the set and like you know being great or making their way onto the cast. like naturally would happen if you're out if you're out. So, you know, yeah, I think you'd see other new cast members. I think you'd see, I don't want to give anything away, I think you'd see rekindlings of relationships. I think you might see a breakup. I think that,
1: mm. yeah, I
0: think that, uh, so yeah, I think we have, a, I mean, look at that age, that age. Look how much happens for everybody. I mean, that's an yeah. age where one summer to the next is never the same. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think you'd see a lot of changes. Um, and then you'd see a lot of stuff that stayed the same in a good way.
1: This this show in just one episode has introduced me to a new word that I had never heard before, the city it. I had no idea the that that people that people we in the Hamptons looked at people I, yeah, from I, New York as it. By
0: the way, I knew we were, I was on to something because that comes up in my first episode with the first person. Um, that I interviewed and I said, A what? And they're like, You city And I said, I never heard that. And they're like, Then you probably are one. I'm like, No, I live in California so <laughs> <isn't that?" laughs> but <laughs> I probably was one, though, at one time or another. Um, but yeah, and so that was a whole nother. Like you know, I didn't even know that existed that the locals felt that way about the people that come in. I just thinking, if you stuff or what what could you be? Why would that not be good? And then they go into like they take their girlfriends, they crash their parties. Now they have to wait in line at clubs that they wouldn't have to wait in line before. You know. Yeah, I, I,
1: for for those that maybe are are unaware, this this show, this Forever Summer Hampton show, is not about all the. V- visitors that the Hamptons get it's not about the people that come in and, and use it as a vacation spot it is about the locals the people that lived yeah. and grew up in the Hamptons yeah and their friendships and there's one guy who comes in from the outside sort of um Elon but this isn't about you know I, I just people hearing the word Hamptons I think yeah. there's a, you're, automatically you're, you're... this thing that runs in people's head oh. about oh this is just a vacation spot
0: Oh, they're like it's white rich people and that is so far from what the show is this is the real these are people that grew up there they went to high school there they you know it's their real lives and, and that's the other difference between this show and all the other ones out there it's the perspective of the locals and you yeah you see some yachts and you see some beautiful houses for sure but for the most part it's it's you know it's really about the lives of this age group of kids working at like a restaurant. It's kind of, I mean, in my day, like the peach pit from whatever show that was.
1: Beverly Hills <laughs> or, 90210.
0: Yeah. Beverly Hills <laughs> 90210. It's like the equivalent of the peach pit. Um, so, you know, it's, and, and I think we touch on everything from, you know, growing up black in the Hamptons, like, that, like that's, you know, you've never seen that on any other show.
1: Well, that's um, that's Habs. Uh, how how do you pronounce his name? Habs, right? They just call him Habs. Habs. Hobbs. Okay. Yeah, Hobbs. He's um, he's adopted. He's from Ethiopia, yeah, and adopted, yeah. and yet he grew up in the Hamptons. Which I'm assuming, no spoilers here, but I'm assuming as we get into the the later this season, he's going to talk about what it was like growing a black in a city like the Hamptons and place like the oh. Hamptons.
0: Yep. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I mean, I think that's.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he, t- he talks about it kind of in the first episode. He yeah, said, a little bit. people pleaser. His mother is worried. You know, you're always trying to fit in. What do you think I'm trying
1: to do? <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a good summer show. And I think yeah. it's, it's very, like I said, I, maybe I'm, and maybe I'm more into it because like I said, I've got a niece who starts college in a month and. It's just a way for me to connect because she's also at the age where I have really no idea what's going on in her life, what she texts mm-hmm. boys, what she talks right. about with, what happens at the parties. I, she doesn't yeah. tell me anything. So right. this is almost like I'm using this as like, okay, this must be the way yeah. it is with everybody. But, yeah. Um, no,
0: it really is. I have the word bussin? Like, yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I was Googling things left and right. There's one conversation, and I think one of the moms says, I don't even know what you just said, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different language.
1: And, I, and, I, and <laughs> just in the first episode, I, I find it funny how Frankie can't stop um, talking to Alon about how he dresses. Like, he just can't <laughs> let it go. <laughs>
0: Right, but then he has a little friend in Milo who's like, "Wait, but those shoes are you know? yeah, so <laughs> funny." There's a yeah. there's that's what I say. That's what I love about the show. You have these moments that are just funny. There's in in episode two or three. There's like three of them trying to create a text for a girl, mm. and you know, Alon just keeps saying, "No, no, no, dot, 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 no, 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 dot, dot." Like, you know, it's it's just so funny to me because I've never I I you know grew up with two sisters and. I mean, I have a boy and a girl that they you know, they don't share much. But, you know, seeing that side of guys that they care much, as much about what's on their text messages that the girls do was shocking and funny and made me laugh out
1: loud. And maybe I missed this when it came to Alon. I know that he said on the show, I'm a senior at Michigan, but he grew up in the Hamptons area and he's just out there for no, the No, he's c- from
0: the city. No, he's, oh, he's from, from the, the city. city. That's right. That's right. From yeah. He, no, he grew up in Manhattan. He went to high school in the city. Um, no, he's a city, he's a city kid for sure. He's, you'll see his grandparents. Are, I mean, that's the thing that's really nice about this. Year. A lot of the moms are on the show giving their kids advice. And it's very, I mean, I see myself and Alon's mom completely, um, mm. and, and all the moms really. And that the feedback I've gotten. And maybe it's because I am a mom of kids that age is that I love the families. I love the moms. I love the different advice based on like kind of where they are in the world. they get the advice they give their kids are really different based on, like, their economic stand, you know, their education, economically where they are, how many other kids are in the house, all that.
1: Gotcha. Um, okay.
0: But, yeah, but, um no, so Alon's from the city. He goes to University of Michigan. He's in a fraternity. He's the, you know, typical city kid that goes in the city, goes into the Hankins on the weekends, except this summer he got a job. He's house-sitting his uncle's house. I don't know
1: if you saw it, it's a nice house. Yeah, um, <laughs> very
0: nice. Um, and and the rest of them are going, you know, going home to their parents' house. But you see, I don't give anything away, but it's not like they live in squatter either. I mean, they live pretty nice. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's the difference. And you know, and even like the Habs, where he's going away to college is a dry. You know, it's it's pretty close. I think. Yeah, it is definitely.
1: Yeah, and I and I really do like the fact that we have a. This isn't like a cast of like. Seems like you know, a four to five solid core with six to eight kind of hanger-ons or outliers. It seems like these 10 are all, this base 10 or so are going to be the main cast. And it, and trust me, in the first episode, it got confusing with, you know, yeah. the names. It has to settle into like, like yeah. who's who and yeah. who's friends yeah. with who and who's hooked up with even. who. Yeah. Right. And it'll, it'll yeah. eventually, I'm sure I'll get it at some point. But I'm pretty good on the names right now. I think okay. I know who everybody's with and... Where things are possibly going, I think Reed is hilarious. Uh, I think people are going to really like Reed. He's very outspoken.
0: Love Reed or hate? Reed. Yeah, you're going to love him or he's, hate him. You are we're in the middle with Reed, right? Yeah,
1: um, very outspoken. Uh, but he's yeah. uh, he's the he's certainly the comedy of the first episode, and I think yeah. a, a guy that at that age everyone has a friend like him, somewhat similar like yeah. him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, Lynn, so I wanted glad. to uh, thank you for introducing me to this. I can't wait to finish it. I'll probably be done by the end of this week of, with it. Uh, I, I hope it gets picked up, uh, obviously, for thank season you. two. Um, it's Forever Summer Hamptons. It's on Amazon Prime. You can download it now, eight episodes. Just go watch it. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. If, if you like those type of high school shows, if you grew up with Laguna Beach and the Hills – I I I can't see how you wouldn't like this, but um, again, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for talking about your career and a little more insight to how it worked for you with survivor. I find that stuff so very interesting. So uh, I appreciate you you coming on. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely be in touch. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much to Lynn for joining us. Really appreciate that. I hope you all enjoyed it. I could talk survivor for hours And just know that you go down the survivor community and they will tell you, a lot of them will say that Lynn Spillman is the reason that show was as successful as it was. There's plenty that think that she was the brains behind all of that. And there's a lot online about why she's no longer casting for Survivor. I think a lot of it had to do with longevity. 38 seasons of casting a show is a long time, but she was great. I really appreciated that. And I, um, I really do think that this new venture of hers is entertaining. Like I really am. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. And you know, I, I know that not everybody watched the Hills and Laguna beach, but if you did, I'm telling you right now, you are, it's almost impossible. I mean, I can't, look, I I can't tell people what to like and what they're going to like and and know everything about what everybody's going to like. But Forever Summer Hamptons on Amazon Prime, if you like The Hills, Laguna Beach, Siesta Key, all these shows where people hang out together together. And there's a lot of gossiping and hookups and whatnot. it's, It's in that realm. However, it's filmed in the Hamptons, so the scenery is pretty cool. The houses are nice. And these are the locals. These aren't people going to visit a place and hang out. These are people that grew up in the Hamptons and are locals, and you're getting their take on things. So I hope you check it out. Like I said, forever summer Hamptons. It's on Amazon Prime, eight episodes long. It got released last Friday. Go check it out. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. It certainly helps the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying the Daily Roundup. We had one up earlier today, posted it about an hour ago, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow with our end-of-the-week Daily Roundup. So, for Lynn Spillman, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See ya!